Hi, and welcome to the fourth episode of You've Got Mail. I am your host, Bella, and today the weather is miserable. I feel like I'm fulfilling the stereotypes of a Brit, but it is. It's horrible. It's the middle of August, and I'm in jeans and a hoodie and fluffy socks. And honestly, it's not the hot girl summer vibe I was really going for, but we move, we move. My week has been interesting, to say the least. It's been hectic. So since I last spoke to you, my boss has broken her back, which, you know, has made an already understaffed hotel incredibly more understaffed and stressed. So that's been very, very fun and exciting. It actually could have been so much worse. She was like she went on holiday in Wales and she decided to go coast steering, which is where you go like cliff jumping. And where I live, we do it quite a lot here. Like just go jump off the cliffs. You know, sounds like a great idea, but she did it off a 40 foot cliff, which is that is so big. I'm sorry. Like, you couldn't pay me enough money to do that. There'd be no amount. No. But anyway, yeah, she jumped off. And she didn't, like, land it right. And, like, she landed badly on her back. And it crushed her vertebrae. Can we just... How painful does that sound? So currently she's in a big cast, sat at home. Well, actually, she can't sit for six weeks. No, 12 weeks. Lying or standing. So yeah, that's making work really, really fun at the moment um, because we're super, super busy and super understaffed. But we move. It's all, it's all just part of the job, isn't it? So this week has been full of ups and downs, really. There's been a bit of everything in it for me. I don't know what your week's been like, but it started off interestingly with that and then so this weekend it's my birthday we're meant to be going to Elro and then um yeah yesterday Elro got cancelled seven days in advance so Elro is this big party festival in London carnival type vibe it's insane it's like a party rave I don't quite know how to describe it but search it up on Instagram and it just looks incredible I'm so sad it's got cancelled and the reason for it being cancelled is so stupid. It's not even COVID related. It's because the field's too ruined. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is a British festival, okay? We don't get nice weather. Look at the 2002 Glastonbury. People were mud surfing. Like, like, we don't do nice festivals here. It's always raining. Well, no, it's not always raining. I'm going to a festival next week called Creamfield, and it will not be raining for that. It cannot rain. I've told myself, it will not rain. It won't rain. I'm not even going to think about the possibility that it could rain because it's just not going to rain. But yeah, apparently the field was too muddy from the festival before All Points East. And I was just like, wouldn't you have a backup field? Wouldn't you just have something like, surely you'd have some weird backup option. But no, Elro got cancelled for my 21st birthday, which I feel like was very inconsiderate of them. But it's all swings and roundabouts because me and Louis are now going to Newcastle, which is still as exciting. It's not quite London Elro, but... I am excited. I feel like it would be really nice to just have like a mini city break because I've never been to Newcastle and I kind of want to know what it's like. Also, it's meant to be a really fun and cheap night out. So I am very excited for that, especially because we've got Creamfields the weekend after and Park Life two weeks after that. So I feel like it'd be a lot of partying. So it'd be fun to have like more of a bar hopping type of night out, if that makes sense. I feel like on top of Elro, like... (laughs) Apart from Elro and work, like that's just general life. Otherwise, I've been having a great time, like seeing friends. Friends came back from uni. It's been really, really fun and really nice to see everyone. There's been a few birthdays. So that's always really good. But I feel like I've also been struggling a bit with my headspace recently. And I mentioned it the last time. 
like the last podcast episode. And so last Wednesday, I kind of was like, right, we've got to try something new because this is getting annoying because I was finding it wasn't, I'm not saying it was ruining things, but for anyone else, but it was really ruining things for me because I just was starting to get really anxious and really worried. So I've been really trying to get in a better head spice, head spice, <laughs> head space. So last Wednesday, I was like, right, I've got to start exercising because that always makes me feel better. Like even if I don't want to do it, it always makes me feel better. And I feel like at the moment, because at the hotel, I'm really tired after I finish work. I never have the motivation to go. So I've been waking up early, going to the gym in the morning and then going to work. And honestly, it's been pretty life changing. I feel so much better. Also, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, noticed, found, uncovered. Spotify has a daily wellness thing. And there's this guy that talks to you for like three minutes each morning. And his voice is like the most calming, relaxing informative honestly you need to you need to give it a listen because it makes my whole morning better like he says things so interestingly and he always talk like he brings in quotes and it changes your morning so that'll be another top tip if you've also been struggling recently with your headspace try exercising even just walking to work, just something to clear your head space. And whilst you're doing it, listen to your daily wellness. I mean, I'm not going to lie, my daily wellness soundtrack. So it does this thing where it has like, um, he talks, gives you a quote, kind of like a meditation, that type of thing. And then loads of songs to kind of motivate you. But all of mine were really kind of emotional, sad songs. And I was like, this is not the vibe I was going for today, Spotify, but we'll go with it. Maybe we need to feel all the feelings today. But yeah, have a little browse to check it's right for your headspace. <laughs> but it was it was a very good find. So today's topic is friendship. Now I feel like friendship, like friendships are one of the most amazing relationships you can have because it's kind of like you get to pick, you get to pick the people that you want to be your family. It's like your own personal choice family. But I also feel like there's a lot of pressure that goes into having these really amazing friendships. Like and I'm not saying that this is a bad thing, that real friendships are incredible and they should be like celebrated and made to look amazing because they are amazing. But I feel like the way that they're portrayed can put a lot of pressure on it, which can make them really hard to navigate and hard to hard to kind of understand in a negative point of view, as well as a positive, but also a negative, hard to comprehend when things aren't quite looking like that. Like I feel like the dream friendship situation very rarely plays out but in our head our expectations are that that dream scenario will always constantly happen and the reality is very very different from that I mean friends are so important it's everyone knows it's the people who you surround yourself with which have the biggest impact on your life so it's so important to cultivate these amazing friendships around you because they're going to have such a massive impact on who you are and who you grow to be And so today I'm going to talk about everything to do with friendships. I'm going to kind of cover the, I don't know how many areas it is. It's one, two, three, four, five, six areas of friendship that kind of like the ups and the downs. So I'm going to talk about how to surround yourself with the best possible people. So how to maintain and cultivate really great friendships that both serve you and serve the other people because you have to remember Friendship is a two-way street. You have to be a good friend to expect good friends around you. It's not just going to work you having this massive list of requirements and thinking you can just do whatever you want to do. It's it's not quite going to work like that, I'm afraid. Then I'm going to talk about the loss of friendships, the loss of toxic friendships and like 
how that can work codependency and loneliness like they're the kind of main areas so maintaining and cultivating a great friendship pain of friendship breakups toxic friends and codependency and loneliness so if you feel like any of these areas particularly relate to you I feel like you'll enjoy this episode okay so the first one I feel like we should start with the happiest most best one which is how to maintain and cultivate amazing friendships now the people that you surround yourself with are going to have the most massive the most massive the biggest impact on your life so it's so important that you surround yourself with people that you really value that you love that you enjoy spending time with that uplift you that you leave feeling good about yourself now knowing whether or not you need to make a friendship whether or not you want to make a friendship work is tricky to say the least and it's so important that you cultivate the best types of friendships in your life to make sure that you're constantly growing and achieving and expanding yourself into the most into the best version of yourself that you can be so right now sit down sit down with me right now wherever you are and just think about the five friends closest to you I don't have five people that I would put on this list maybe I do I don't know five is quite a large number but if you can think of five think of five think of as many people as you can but five is the maximum write out what is important in friendships to you because then you know what your standards of friendship are when people say they have standards of relationships I think it's so important to have standards of friendships too but often this is overlooked because it's meant to be a thing you're meant to almost the idea that you're meant to be friends with everyone comes along when that is so not true you don't have to give your energy to anyone that doesn't fulfill you or doesn't benefit you in a single way and then I feel like the next big indicator, once you've written out your kind of top 10 things you need in a friendship, is when you visit this person, write down the energy that you feel afterwards. Rate it on a level of 1 to 10. 10 being the most amazing, brilliant, you can't quite contain yourself, you're smiling, you just feel so alive. 1 being you feel you need to sleep for a thousand years, you feel drained, you feel like you've just done a monologue for about 10,000 years, okay? that type of relationship you need to work out how your energy level is because that will really indicate the type of friendship that you have they might be a friendship that needs a lot of energy you need to be putting a lot of effort into that and if it is that type of friendship you should maybe be questioning whether or not you should really be prioritizing it because if you're having to give so much what are you actually getting out of it you're just draining yourself each time you do something with them you're not actually leaving it feeling good about yourself so rate each friendship on its energy level that you leave, that you have once you've left it. And then, because this entire process will let you know whether you should be maintaining that friendship or whether you should be putting your effort into cultivating new friendships, whether you should be trying to expand yourself and find people better suited for you. And I want to make this clear, there's no limit to the amount of friends that you can have and you should always be trying to meet new people and expand like your friendship horizons, if that makes sense. You want to be friends with as many people as you can be. But I appreciate this kind of like, I always think of friendships kind of like tears, but I don't know if that's weird. We're kind of like, you have your tier A friends, the kind of, the people you speak to every day, the people who you know everything about, they know everything about you, you could literally just text them and you'd go do something instantly and it wouldn't be awkward at all. There's probably not many of these people because these types of friendships takes a lot of effort and a lot of like effort put into them. Then you have the like 
tier two, B tier friends, the people that you kind of message semi-regularly, you like keep in contact, you'll go for a coffee date, stuff like that. You're in each other's lives, but you're not like active. And then you have the tier three and like so on friends, the kind of ones you message happy birthday to, you might do a catch up to, that type of thing. You're kind of more acquaintances than friends. You might meet on a night out. And when you think of friendships in this way, you make you re- it makes you realize how many, how much variety there is in the relationships that you have but also how many relationships you have how many people you are interconnected to and how many opportunities you have to cultivate new people into your life so if you've done that pros and cons list if you've done the kind of energy level that you have and if you've done do they meet my requirements of friendship and you find they haven't don't be scared by the fact that you might have to find someone new. That's exciting. You'll find someone who you are better suited with. It shouldn't be something scary. I appreciate it is scary and we'll get onto that later on. But don't be scared if at this point you have got to that point and you are thinking, hmm, maybe this isn't right for me. But I feel like if you've done this person isn't right for me, you need to also be checking in with yourself and holding yourself accountable and making sure that their things they're doing wrong are not in reaction are not a reaction to how you're reacting towards them. Let's say you've just got a new boyfriend. You're spending all your time with a new boyfriend. You're not making time. You keep making plans. They keep making plans with you, but you keep cancelling last minute because, oh, you want to go to the cinema or you want to go on a date night constantly 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 you're not making time for this friend and all of a sudden they stop messaging you as much they stop replying to your text they don't really interact with you as much they start doing stuff without you and you start to feel left out and you're like oh no they're making me feel so low should I maintain this you've done it all you also need to be holding yourself accountable like this this three-step process that kind of explained on how to realize whether you should be maintaining these friends around you works but you've also got to be holding yourself accountable throughout all of it. So that is a top tip for that part. Make sure you are holding yourself accountable. I think this idea of maintaining friendships though is particularly tricky with the whole concept of being friends for life. And I'm not saying that being friends for life doesn't work. I have friends for life and so many people do. But I think in the concept of being friends for life, you expect your friendships just get better and better and better and better. But I was listening to the Girls Bathroom podcast like a few weeks ago. And one of the girls, like, they were doing, like, an advice thing and someone wrote in and being like, me and my best friend aren't as close as we were, once were. She doesn't prioritize me anymore. Should I just end the friendship? And I've had friendships where we were best friends and then we kind of, we were just at different stages in our lives. We weren't, we didn't see each other as regularly. Like, it was hard to stay in touch because we were younger or other life was going on. But I don't think that always means that you should cut off the friendship. If you find that you guys do get along really well when you are together, but when you're not together, you don't really message and that's kind of tricky. It's really important to recognize that friendships ebb and flow, but that doesn't mean that you should always cut them off. Equally, you will change and your values will change and that friendship might not serve you as well as it once did. And it's important to acknowledge that the dynamic of your friendship will change as you grow older, this whole ebb and flow it doesn't just mean a lack of emit, a lack of emit, a lack of effort, but it means a change in dynamic. Also, it means that the kind of the way you guys work together and flowed is going to change because they're going to have other people influencing them in their life, just like you are. They might get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You're going to get like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Like you're going to get people in your lives that are suddenly like a new best friend equally yeah they might get other best friends and it's kind of you're not their everything anymore it's almost like a kind of not a friendship breakup 
I'm not saying that, but it's kind of, you need to get used to not having all of the attention on you, which I feel like brings me perfectly to the next topic, which is managing codependency in friendships. So codependency in friendships, I feel like is a thing I have seen time and time and time again, and I am so guilty of it. I know that I'm a codependent person and it's something that I've really, really worked on now. And I feel like I'm a lot more independent now than what I was, but I can even see myself slipping into it sometimes. So codependency is if you're a person who really struggles to do things on your own. So it might be you really like you ask people to come to the bath with you all the time bathroom with you all the time you can't imagine going for a coffee date on your own that kind of anxiety of going into a group without anyone else without your best friend it's kind of like doing stuff without them makes you really anxious and alone and it's because you've become codependent on that relationship and being codependent I found really kind of damaging to be honest it's not it's not a great experience to have but I feel like it's very common in certain friendships when you become like I've watched it happen with friends they all of a sudden especially at university because you're living together they become like a relationship to each other because you're spending constant time with each other that you're not used to spending time on your own anymore and that can make the friendship really really intense and especially it changes the dynamic once you move apart feel like that's another way that the dynamic can change the kind of intensity of how often you see each other can really affect you don't have those commonalities to talk about anymore if you don't stay in constant touch so it's kind of treating whether your characters actually still get on and being codependent on each other is a way that you can really mess up whether or not your dynamic works because you're not used to being yourself in the friendship like you are a and b together rather than individually being a and individually being b and being great friends but able to be separated as well I feel like a good way to test whether or not you and your friend are codependent is could you be invited separately to events because there's certain people I would invite and I'd be like yeah well if I invited you I'd also invite you because you guys are kind of like a couple like treating friends as if they're couples screams codependency and being codependent I'm not saying it's a bad thing I'm codependent I've just admitted that I really struggled to do things on my own. It made me feel really anxious. And I think it came from a place of being really insecure with who I was and a lack of confidence. And being with someone else made me feel much more secure, much more confident. And that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes you need that stepping stone to get into other situations. But you need to make sure that you're not getting too comfortable in that kind of grey zone of codependency. Because eventually that friendship will ebb and it will flow and it can really, really plummet your self-esteem. So if you are someone who struggles with codependency, if you do think you and your friend are more like a couple than a friends, and some friends are really, really close, and that is amazing and brilliant. I don't think that should ever be like looked on as if it's a bad thing, but I think it's important that in that friendship you know who you are individually, that you know you're able to make other friends. Like, I once had this friendship in year 11, I think it was year 11, and we were like best, best friends. Like We did everything together. We saw each other constantly it was ridiculous like not ridiculous it was great but we saw each other all the time and it got to a point where I couldn't like actually have other friends because they got cross at me and stuff like that and that's not really codependency well I guess it kind of is to an extreme extent on their behalf because they were fully codependent on all of my attention being on them and I think that's 
the really malicious side of codependency. It makes you really emotionally unavailable to other experiences and makes you start to forget who you are. It's like when you've been in a relationship for so long and you've put in all of that effort and then that relationship ends and you just start questioning everything. So if you are prone to being codependent, one, you need to look at, I think they're called Joe, Joe something. I think it's called the Codependency Coach. Follow them on Instagram because they produce some really great content explaining codependency in a much more kind of like story scenario, kind of a much easier way to relate to the entire experience. So if you are questioning whether or not you and your friend are codependent, that would be my first port of call. Check on there and see what advice she gives you so you can kind of question and start understanding. And if you do realize that you guys are coming a bit codependent, don't panic. It doesn't mean that you have to stop the friendship altogether. It's really great that you've noticed it and that you want to start becoming more of your own person in the friendship. I mean, that's exciting. You get to find out who you are on your own and I feel like your friendship will flourish more as you individually flourish because the dynamics you guys can both bring to the table, the different characteristics and hobbies and people especially, like the different people that you can introduce each other to expands so much more when you're not when you're not joined at the hip, like when you're able to be apart from each other for just a few moments. So if you do think you struggle with codependency, it makes boundary setting even more important. So if you are feeling this way, the first thing to do is don't panic. It doesn't mean your friendship has to be thrown down the drain. It's not some massive, massive red flag. It just means perhaps that you both you might have been at a low point when you both became friends. You might have been lacking in self-esteem and self-confidence and now you're not quite lacking in that anymore and you want to explore who you are. It's meant to be an exciting thing and once you notice it, it is exciting. So I think the first thing that I found that I needed to do was kind of just take a step back. Take a step back and realise what you want from the friendship and what you also want from yourself. Maybe you need to carve out a special afternoon each time to try out something new on your own or it might be you just need to spend some time on your own rather than filling your time with seeing other people but equally it could be seeing other people perhaps you have a friend you haven't spoken to in a long time maybe start messaging them start cultivating a group of friends around you that doesn't revolve around this one person because I feel like if your friendships revolve around one person I just said revolve is it revolve or revolve I think it's revolve I think if your friendships revolve around one person when that friendship ebbs and flows and when they leave you for a time and they might they probably will come back it makes it really harmful on your kind of character because it feels like you've gone through a breakup. You don't know quite how to act anymore. And so it's important to cultivate a mixture of friends around you that you can rely on at different points because they'll also bring different things into your life. So once you've started setting boundaries within that friendship and started exploring new avenues of different friendships, different hobbies, different areas you might enjoy, perhaps listen to the self-growth episode I released last, well, 10 days ago, um and kind of find out which areas you'd like to grow in, I feel like you then need to be really cautious and aware of the fact that you do have codependent tendencies. Like, I know I do. I feel like the best way to describe it is when you used to walk, you'd go on a school holiday, and you wanted to double-check that you were with your best friend because you couldn't imagine going on that holiday without them. Or you wanted to check that you had someone to sit next to because you were scared of walking in on your own. And I look back and I think of how anxious these situations used to make me feel. And I realize it is related to the fact that I was scared to be on my own. I was scared to just be standing on my own two feet. So now when I go into new friendships, it makes boundary setting even more important to make sure that you don't trip yourself up 
and undo all the work that you've been doing to try and explore who you are. You need to make sure that you're not just jumping from leapfrog to leapfrog, like clinging on to different people because you're constantly in panic mode then, scared that they're going to leave and it can make you, not that there's anything wrong with being a needy friend, but it can make you really insecure in who you are and I feel like you don't bring the best version of you to the table because you're constantly anxious about the fact that they might leave. So I think... The first thing to do is set boundaries. If you find yourself texting them constantly, if you find yourself anxious about whether or not they're going to cancel and stuff like that, just take a pause. Realize how great you are. Like you're bringing so much to this friendship. It's not all on their terms, okay? If they don't quite respond in the way that you want them to, take a step back from the friendship. There's no pressure there. You don't have to carry on with it. Also check for red flags of yourself. Maybe set yourself, okay, how am I feeling when I'm around them? Am I getting really nervous when I'm around? Do I constantly feel like they're going to leave me? I feel like it's a really good time to check in with yourself and check that there are no red flags there. You are able to stand on your own two feet. And if you find that you're not, do what I said before. Set those boundaries and give yourself a little more time just to be you. Explore other avenues of friendship. Contact some other people. Maybe go out in a group together. That makes it more like socialising, less like friendship dating. I feel like this is a thing I see a lot of friends who become so, so, so close that they can't actually have any other friends. And it often really struggles when one of the friends gets uh, like a partner, gets a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They start dating someone and then all of their, all of their time and their efforts can no longer be in that one relationship. And it's really tricky because that relationship kind of fizzles for a time being it kind of the dynamic of it changes one way to look at it is it was an amazing experience whilst it happened being so close with someone and it is an amazing experience and I don't want to take away from that at all but I also think throughout the experience you need to have that confidence in yourself of this is insane and great and incredible but if you left right now I know I'd be okay I'm just really enjoying spending time with you that you're not putting all of your self-worth into that relationship so that when they leave you don't crumble you grow even more you leave with so much energy because you've made so many memories from the experience but I feel like being codependent as I just said is a really exciting thing to notice because it means that you can start developing yourself but you need to appreciate that if this is a toxic friendship that you're suddenly realizing you're codependent in this is going to be a trickier process because Toxic friendships often make it really hard to leave because you're really scared of what will life be like on your own because you kind of have a warped vision of how friendships are meant to be. But as soon as you start noticing red flags in your friendship, it's really important that you just get out of it. You need to realize what you actually value in a friendship. You need to get out because it's just not going to end well the longer you stay in it, the longer you're damaging yourself, the longer it's going to hurt you and have more lasting impact on it but it is really tricky to leave because often these people you've been friends with for a while okay you might have friends that are to, you might have like overlapping friends I don't think the right word for you. you might have friends that like overlap it's tricky to understand whether or not you should leave the friendship it's hard to know whether or not they're serving you anymore because you must have quite a lot of history with them but if you are even having an inkling that the friendship might be toxic Sit down and do what I said at the start about whether this friendship is serving you, whether or not you should maintain it. If you leave this friendship feeling gross, you shouldn't be in it, okay? Friendships are made to make you feel so great. And if this friendship is making you feel low, if they're constantly saying 
bad things about you, if they you feel like they're gossiping about you behind your back, if they've done something nasty to you, if they're constantly harming you and making your self-esteem, your self-confidence, all of your qualities, if they're dampening them, that is a toxic friendship. I feel like toxic friendships, they don't often have to have done a big bad thing from you. It could literally just be that they are dampening who you are. Therefore, they are toxic for you. Think about what makes something toxic. It means that it's bad for you and it will eventually, well, I'm not saying toxic friendship is going to kill you, but it based, toxic just means that something's really bad for you. It's making you less of a person by having that in your life. And so if you think that something is toxic, just ask yourself, is this dampening who I could be? Am I anxious about certain things? Am I stopping myself doing things because of them? A friendship should never limit you. A friendship should boost you up. It should make you feel amazing. It should make you think there's so many more great opportunities in the world rather than thinking the world is limitful. Is limitful a word? Rather than thinking the world is limited. That's what I meant. Friendships should not do that. And if they are, it's important that you sit down with yourself and start asking yourself, why are you in it? And if you're in it because you're codependent, well, don't forget into this world because you're going to have to acknowledge it's going to be a tricky process. I think the first thing to do when you realize that a friendship is toxic and you need to get out of it is confront them. And this is a tricky thing to do because I hate confrontation. I hate it. Hate it with a passion. And often this goes down to you. You know whether or not you should confront them. Sometimes you just need to cut ties and walk away. And I appreciate that that does happen. But I often think if this friendship is going toxic, but it's someone that you've had for quite a while, like thinking back to what I said earlier about a lifelong friend, sometimes it's not quite easy to cut them because you have so much history together and it can make things really tricky and you feel really awkward. And so I think the first thing you should do is write a letter or work out how you feel. One of the best ways that I found out is to work out how I feel is writing a letter to someone, writing down everything that's going on, my feelings, how I'm emotionally processing it. And I feel like that gets you through all of the kind of, you'll express the anger, you'll express the reasoning, and you'll express what you want the answer come to come. Mind you, only do this if you actually want the friendship to carry on. There's no point going through all this effort if you just want to cut ties and that's that. I think once you've written the letter and worked out what you want to say, you may as well give them the opportunity to change. Like you may as well tell them what's going on because you're going to cut them out of your lives. So you may as well tell them what's happened. Like It's going to be no water off your back. It's not going to make you more stressed because you were just going to leave them anyway. So if you tell them and they leave, it's no different. But at least you've been open and honest and you've communicated how you feel. And I feel like that will put your mind at ease because quite often I think if you just up and leave, you always have things that you wish you'd said. You always have these little niggling thoughts. Whereas if you give yourself that chance to kind of communicate what was wrong with the friendship, you provide yourself with the closure that you need. This happened to me really recently that... I was in like a friendship and the friendship wasn't putting in enough, like as much effort as I was and it was feeling really one-sided and there was other things involved in it and it was getting me really, really down. It was making me really, really upset. But rather than talking about it with them, I just went on for months kind of not saying anything and just trying to drop the friendship and be like, oh, it doesn't matter, don't need it, it doesn't matter. And eventually I just couldn't do it anymore and I had to confront them and I had to be like, this is really hurting me. What is going on? Why are you being like this with me? And after we spoke about it all, the anxiety that I'd been feeling about it totally dissipated. I could enjoy events again. I wasn't constantly checking social media. And I think that's the really important thing of if this toxic friendship, if giving it space is making you more stressed, you need, you have unfinished business. I think that's the thing you need to realize. Do you have unfinished business or are you completely closed off from the matter? Are you going to regret not saying anything in the future? 
And once you've said something, it gives them a chance to work on the mistakes and it holds them accountable. But equally, you could have been doing something wrong as well. I'm not saying this often happens. If it's toxic friendship and it's hurting you, it doesn't sound like you're doing something wrong. But they might have some qualms too with the friendship that's not quite serving them anymore. And by communicating, you're creating a really open and honest friendship and you're cultivating the best version of each other that you can because you're opening this kind of honesty within each other, which is really important, I think, in a friendship, especially if you want to maintain this friendship for a while and you want to be less codependent and you want to kind of, like, serve yourself. If you're wanting to be less codependent and leave this toxic relationship, by being open and honest and explaining how you're feeling and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable, which is hard to do, it's not fun, by doing that, you're then able to understand more about yourself you're able to grow in confidence so it's less scary to do it the next time and you're also you proved yourself how strong you are because you've stood on your own two feet and you've given them the opportunity to change certain aspects about their character that might not be that appealing that might be really tricky in other friendships too so you're saving future pain for other people they're friends with so just feel like the round off of if you're leaving a codependent toxic friendship be kind to yourself because it's a tricky situation to find yourself in. Communicate how you're feeling to yourself and then be prepared to communicate how you're feeling to others. And once you've done this, you know that you leave that friendship having tried everything and you leave it kind of like closed off in your head. You've given yourself the closure that you needed and I feel like that allows you to really move on. The issue that I was having was that the chapter was still open and I couldn't go anywhere without thinking about this chapter that was still going on in my life. And I think that closure element of leaving a toxic friendship or ending the codependency is really, really important. But I also think it's important to acknowledge that leaving a codependent friendship can be really lonely. It can be really, really lonely. I really, really struggled with loneliness at the beginning of university. I found it really hard. I remember my first night, I just cried myself to sleep. Like it was really... It was really horrible, to be honest. I was in freshers. I hadn't met any friends. I felt totally alone. And I feel like because I'd been codependent for so long on other people around me, my self-worth was valued on them. And I didn't think that I could have a good time on my own. I needed my value to be placed on other people for them to tell me they were enjoying my company. And then I felt like I was having a good time rather than just judging it on myself, whether I was actually having a good time just being on my own. I think loneliness can be one of the most trickiest feelings and one of the most uncomfortable because it can just make you feel so flat and sad. I think that's the thing. I just felt really, really sad. So don't, I get it. Like leaving a codependent friendship is hard. Leaving a codependent toxic friendship is awful. It's awful because you are going into a state of kindly unknown of where you are being lonely. But when I started there was a period last year where I ended a codependent relationship. It totally ended and I was on my own for the first time in four years and I was lonely. Like I was really lonely and it wasn't great, but it meant that I got used to spending time on my own and I started to differentiate between being alone and being lonely. I'd always assumed if I was on my own, then I was lonely. I always needed to FaceTime people. I needed that constant social interaction. But by having that constant social interaction, it meant that I was never able to grow on my own because I was never sure of who I was with, if that makes sense. I was never sure who I was with, on my, who I was on my own, which meant I couldn't better myself and I wasn't kind of getting to know myself ever. I was so focused on pleasing everyone around me that I wasn't trying to get to know me at all. 
which is ridiculous because you're the person you're ultimately going to be best friends with for the longest. You know what I mean? You're going to spend your entire life in your own head. You need to make sure that it's a good place. You need to make sure that you know yourself, you know your boundaries. And I wish at the beginning of uni when I'd felt that lonely, because I didn't do this at first. I kind of dealt with it for two years and then got really in a bad headspace about it and then really dealt with it then. But I wish at the beginning of uni, I'd rather have seen it as, oh, I'm so alone, I have no friends. Seen it as an opportunity to try so many different things and meet so many different people and see it as if I could kind of cultivate so many new people around me, been excited about it. But I didn't. And I feel like that made it harder for me because every friendship that I went into, I was really codependent. I was seeking for that attachment kind of. And I think I wish in a sense I'd been stronger in myself because then I feel like I wouldn't have felt as homesick all the time. I wouldn't have felt as emotional. I wouldn't have felt as kind of reliant on people around me for my happiness. So I appreciate that leaving these relationships can be lonely, but the sooner that you realize that this loneliness isn't scary, that it's not a big, bad, dark situation, it can actually be really fun. You can do so many, I think this is what I've started to realize, you can do so many things on your own, you don't have to have someone around you all the time. One of the best ways that I was able to start enjoying being on my own is that when I am so one of the best ways that I've started to found that I am able to enjoy my time on my own is even though right now I'm surrounded by friends and everyone's here and I'm not lonely right now, I still carve out a time like each week, try and make sure that I do spend time on my own so that I don't forget this feeling so it doesn't feel like an all or nothing because I know September is coming, like change is coming and it is scary. Like I am scared a bit for September. I'm going to admit it. Like like I am scared about September coming because I know I'm going to be a lot more on my own. But by carving out time each week to be on my own, I know it's not going to be as intense as being totally isolated from everyone, from being constantly with everyone. More of a gradual kind of stepping stone mentality for it. I feel like it's healthier for me because it makes me kind of still know who I am in respect to these friendships around me. So if you are scared about being lonely when you leave friendships or if you are just scared about being on your own in general, if you're cultivating friendships around you and they're great but you still don't really know who you are, I feel like it's important that you realise the best way to get to know yourself is by being on your own and often not having a stimulus, not listening to music all the time and reading and doing all these things to keep your brain active, just walking with no headphones in, just thinking. Like I started doing this a lot more regularly, mainly because I'm forgetful and leave my headphones at home. But it's feel like it's got given me a much better headspace, a much clearer headspace because I'm actually processing things rather than constantly bombarding my brain with new information, new things going on. I think Instagram and social media are so bad for this because they provide so much new information all the time. I think that's another thing related to when you're on your own, try and avoid social media because I found that social media often is posting a lot of people and socializing together and it can often lead to comparison and I feel like that can amplify feelings of loneliness when you are alone because the social media aspect of it can become more consuming I feel like as I've been recording my voice is becoming more and more rougher and like I've been smoking for about five thousand years I promise that is not the case I've just got a cold it's not covid I've done so many covid tests it's just a cold I feel like I'm paranoid so I keep coughing I keep having to pause and cough and it's gross but being lonely is scary I appreciate that it's something that we're not used to we're not it's not advocated in society I mean it's becoming more and more advocated now but throughout friendships it's really important that you 
spend time to be on your own, to carve that time out for yourself. So you're not only developing friendships around you, you're also cultivating a great relationship with yourself because by cultivating yourself into the best person that you can be, you're giving the best version of yourself to your friends and your family and the people around you, making their lives even better. I feel like friendships, it's so easy to look outwards and think about flaws in everyone else and think about how everyone else in the friendships like in your friendship is they're messing up but it's also so important to reflect back on yourself and ask am I being a good friend right now am I prioritizing them am I replying to them am I asking how their day's been do you know what I mean are you putting enough effort into that friendship as well check in on yourself hold yourself accountable and if you think you're not either apologize and explain the situation and explain what's happened assure them that you're going to make an effort again there's no point apologizing if you're not going to do anything like that's pointless you'll just lose their trust then and that's even worse but if you do think you're being a bad friend if you started to realize that whilst you call I think it's easy if you don't I think if you don't cultivate any time for yourself to be on your own then it's really easy to think that everything is fine in all of your friendships but by cult- like by carving out time to be on your own, you're not only benefiting yourself, giving yourself that clearer headspace, but you're also allowing you to reflect on the friendships around you to make sure that you're being the best person that you can be in it. You're giving yourself that mental headspace that you need more of a buffer region to make sure everything around you is growing kind of equally. Do you know what I mean? That you haven't got some flowers growing and blooming beautifully, but some are still seeds, if that makes sense. That was a weird metaphor to use. That was a weird one to use, but we move, we move. Okay, I feel like I'm getting more ill as this podcast episode goes on, but this has been kind of a long, I wouldn't say a ramble, a long, deep talk about friendships because friendships are so tricky. There's so many nuances in friendships, but I feel like this one has talked mainly about how to maintain and cultivate great friendships around you, toxic friendships, codependency and loneliness which are all topics that massively impact the person that you become and so it's really important that you kind of grapple with them and get to terms with them and understand how they affect your life and don't be scared by them that's the worst thing you can do talk about it with your friends ironic (laughs) but share this episode with your friends unless they're toxic friends then maybe don't do that but share this episode with your friends and talk about it I feel like the best friendships that you can cultivate the ones where you're really open and honest with each other I really wanted to cover this episode because I feel like I've struggled with friendships a lot in my like the past my life I was gonna say all my life I've really struggled with friendships I'm only 20 21 technically in three days I'm only 21 like I have not lived that long but I feel like friendships have always been a really tricky thing for me I've always had really intense but kind of short-lived friendships not as in like short-lived weeks I mean like they've lasted years but they've always ended I only have a few like friends I could count on my hand who like I'm still really close with who I've always been really close with And that is, again, the ebb and flow of friendships. But it's also kind of hard to grapple with when you've put a lot of your identity into being friends with those people and a lot of your worth. But now I really feel like I'm in a much better headspace when I'm making new friends because I don't associate my worth with our friendship anymore. I more just see the friendship as a really exciting opportunity to get to know someone new. And the sooner that you can switch your headspace mentality into that kind of headspace mentality... It becomes so much easier and nicer. You just see it as a fun thing to do. It's no longer this kind of proving to yourself that you're a good person. It's more, how can this be? How It's more, how amazing is this experience? 
So I hope you find this episode useful. Remember to rate, subscribe, like. Subscribe would be the best thing you could do. Even download it. Let me know your thoughts on my Instagram podcast, You've Got Mail underscore pod. I post there pretty much every day. So if you don't follow it, please follow it so I can get to know you and you can get to know me. Later on today, I'm doing a live at 11pm, which is kind of gross for me, but it's because Pacific Standard Time, that's 3pm. So we're just going to have to stay up later tonight and that is fine. I'm excited about it. So I'm doing a live talking about everything to do with college, university, school. So if you have any questions, remember to put, I'm just realising by the time you listen to this, it's not going to be out. But if you are interested in that, it will be paying posters and IGTV on my Instagram page. So make sure to check that out and follow me if you haven't already. Thanks for listening and I'll see you again in 10 days. Have a good week. Bye.